Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Sleep Pod. The podcast where the stories are occasionally high concept, but always low stakes. My name is James and I'm here, as always, to make up a boring, drama-free and mildly amusing story to help get you in the mood for a long and restful sleep. So, here we are. The year is now 2024 and this is the 50th episode It's been a long and winding road, but we have finally arrived. Not that this is the final destination or anything. Would it have been less confusing if I had said that we have now begun the next leg of our endless journey? I suppose that sounds a little ominous. Okay, forget all of that. This is episode 50, and I'm sure I've got at least another 50 or so stories congealing somewhere in the depths of my mind. So there's no need to be concerned. Okay, moving on. For this episode's story, the word of inspiration that I will be using as a jumping-off point for the following improvised tale came in the form of a wild animal that appeared on my doorstep at 2am. It rang my doorbell, gave me a very intense stare when I opened the door, and then scuttled off into the night, never to return. So this episode's word is... Badger. Now, get yourself comfortable. Force out a satisfying yawn. Congratulate yourself for making it through another day. Prepare yourself for the warm fog of slumber to gently envelop you. And I'll begin with this episode's story. Badger. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Vernon Drumfork relaxed peacefully on the sofa in his office. He was having a quiet day at work, but he didn't mind. He much preferred sleeping during the day anyway. Not that he could really sleep properly, in case a new client walked in. Sometimes when new clients did arrive, they seemed surprised at Vernon's appearance. The sign on the front door to his workplace should have made it very clear what to expect when walking inside. As in a large, bold font, the sign clearly read Vernon Drumfork Badger Detective. He wasn't overly Surprised by the confusion. After all, it's not every day that somebody would walk into a business and be greeted by a five foot, eight inch tall badger dressed in smart casual attire. 
and even him becoming a detective in the first place was because of a confusion. Several years previously, Vernon had placed an advert in a newsagent's window advertising his skills at finding badgers. It was something that came naturally to him. As he was a badger, unfortunately there had been a very minor typo, which in itself was quite understandable as the whole concept of a badger detector was not universally known. Every now and then he did still get some jobs that required his services at detecting badgers. But mostly clients came to him with more general inquiries. Vernon stretched out on the sofa and let out a long yawn. He hadn't had a busy day thus far, which made him even more tired. Unfortunately, he knew that he had some admin that needed addressing, and that was stopping him relaxing to the extent that he would have liked to relax to. So, with a sigh, He repositioned himself so that he was upright, stood up, and walked from the sofa to his desk that was positioned in the center of the room. The desk itself was a solid oak number. That he had managed to get second hand from a retired podiatrist. It had seen better days, even more so due to the large piles of paperwork that were haphazardly constructed on top of its surface. There wasn't anything that was too important. Most of it was just random notes. Invoices. And drawings that he had made. Of sports cars.
due to him being a human-sized badger. It wasn't possible for him to actually own a sports car. It had been difficult enough for him to set up a business. Though the closest thing that he could do was to draw really cool sports cars. He started his reorganization by finding all the pieces of paper that were more artistic in nature than business orientated. He had a special drawer that he kept all of his drawings in. And so after a couple of minutes, the desk itself was approximately 50% less burdened in paper. Whereas the third drawer in the desk was significantly more full. Next, it was the invoices. He found all those. Put them in a little folder. Ready to present to his accountant. Towards the end of the financial year. Finally... There were the notes. He quite often made very lengthy notes on all of his cases. Vernon knew that most other modern detectives used things like computers and palm pilots for keeping track of all of the thoughts and information they have relating to cases. But Vernon wasn't a huge fan of technology, least of all because trying to use touchscreens when you don't really have fingers was quite complicated. It wasn't impossible, but it wasn't easy either. So he preferred the old-school approach. Hence the huge amount of paper. He knew that he really needed to get some kind of good organization structure going. Some kind of system where he could organize things as he went along. But no matter how much she tried, he would always get so invested and excited with his cases that he would never get round to it. And sheet after sheet of paper would be randomly stuffed in pockets of his overcoat. On kitchen counters, bathroom floors, 
than anywhere else that he happened to be when being struck by some important revelation. It didn't take him too long to make his way through the piles. Most of it was no longer important, for cases closed quite a while ago. There were a few things that could potentially be of interest or important. Once he was done, he positioned the paperwork that he needed to keep in a neat pile on the right-hand corner of his desk. He had managed to fill a cardboard box with old bits of paper, anything with any personal details for his clients, was kept separately, which he would shred at a later point in time. But everything else was just in a regular cardboard box. He considered leaving the box for another time and going back on the sofa for a bit. But he worried. What if a new client came in? For some people it was off-putting, leaving important detective work to a badger was already too much of an ask, let alone a badger with piles of random old papers strewn about the place. So he picked up the box, left his office via the front door, made his way to the back of the building and placed the box in the designated paper and cardboard recycling receptacle. After doing this, he turned around, walked back to the front of the property and re-entered his office. As he entered the room, something had changed. There was now a woman sat on the sofa, patiently waiting for him. Said Vernon. I'm sorry. If I'm stepping out briefly, I would normally leave some kind of sign on the door, indicating as much. But I forgot this time, and I was only out for a minute, so I didn't think about doing it. It's fine, not a problem, said the woman. Vernon looked at her, trying to make an assumption about what it is that she wanted. 
She was roughly 50 years of age, smartly dressed, and smelt faintly of geraniums. I take it it is me that you're looking for, he said. Yes, said the woman. That is, if you are Vernon Drumfall, Badger Detective, which I'm assuming that you are. I am, said Vernon. Follow me. He led her from one side of the room to the other side. It wasn't a big room, and it probably didn't really require him to lead her from one side of it to the other, but he did anyway. He moved the designated client chair from the side of the room to the other side of the desk, opposite where he would be sat. He indicated for her to sit down. And so she smiled and then sat down and watched as Vernon walked around the desk and sat down in his seat opposite her. Well, he said, how can I help you? Right, said the woman. My name is Bridget Shin, and I have been faced with quite the quandary. Oh, said Vernon. Quandary? He leaned forward, interested now. Not quite interested enough to grab some paper and a pen and start scrawling things down. Sometimes some people came in and just wanted some very basic advice. Or it was something that he wasn't sufficiently suitable for achieving. Such as full-on espionage. And if he made a note about everything, his paper piles would be at least twice the size that they were before he sorted them out. So, what is this quandary of yours? He said. Bridget let out a soft sigh. An item of mine has gone missing, she said. It is not something that is valuable. It doesn't even necessarily have a great deal of sentimental value. It's just that it is something that is mine that I was reasonably fond of. But I can no longer find it. Hmm, said Vernon. He opened a drawer reached in and got some fresh paper and a pen and started making notes. This item of yours, he said, 
What exactly is it? Well, said Bridget, don't judge me for enlisting the help of a detective for something that you may deem trivial. Vernon held his hands up and said with a calming smile, No judgment from me, I promise. Well, okay then, said Bridget. My shower curtain has gone missing. It has been my shower curtain for a number of years now. But the other day, I came home, and it was gone. Hmm, said Vernon. Tell me about the shower curtain. Okay, she said. The colour is duck egg blue. It's made from whatever the standard shower curtain fabric is, some kind of plasticky thing, I think. And it is the usual size of a shower curtain. I don't have the exact dimensions, but... probably about the same size as a king-size duvet cover. Right, said Vernon. And when exactly was this shower curtain removed from your residence? Well, said Bridget. Last Tuesday, so two days ago. Okay, said Vernon, making a few more notes. Was there any sign that your home had been broken into? No, she said. Was anything else missing? Also no, she said. Does anybody have a spare key? your home. Bridget thought for a moment. Only my niece. But she lives in Albuquerque. Hmm, said Vernon. Has she lived there long? Yes, at Bridget. And you're sure that she hasn't visited? I'm very sure, said Bridget. I telephoned her straight away after it had happened. And can confirm that she's neither here nor 
anywhere near here. Hmm, he said, leaning back in his chair. Has anything unusual happened to you recently? Anything out of the ordinary? Anything surprising? Bridget also leaned back in her chair as she thought. I found a packet of raisins in my cupboard. But I didn't know were there. It is very possible that I just didn't see them before and they had been hidden behind something. And I was reasonably surprised when I found them. Could that be something? Unlikely, said Vernon. Do you live alone? He said. Yes, she replied. I thought so. Oh, she said, raising an eyebrow to Vernon. And why do you say that? Well, said Vernon. I'm sure you would have mentioned somebody else being there if somebody else lived there. Oh, of course, she said. Vernon sat for a moment, thinking, looking at the notes that he'd made on the piece of paper. Well, leave it with me. Would I be able to have your contact details? Sure, said Bridget. And she handed him a card that had all of her contact details on it already. Vernon took it, grabbed a paper clip from a drawer, and attached it to the sheet of paper that he had been writing on. Now, would I be able to visit your abode so I can see the scene of the crime? Of course, said Bridget. Do you want to come now? Vernon had a brief think, checked his calendar to make sure that he had no previous engagements that he should be seeing to, and said, yes, if that's okay with you. Of course, said Bridget. The quicker this is resolved, the happier I will be. Great, said Vernon. He grabbed a couple more sheets of paper, a spare pen, put on his big thick jacket, locked the door to his office, and then he and Bridget walked to Bridget's home whilst briefly discussing Vernon's fee for the job. The walk from 
Vernon's office to Bridget's home took approximately six minutes. The house itself was a well-maintained mid-terrace property with a neatly paved footpath that led from the road to the front door. Flower beds ran along both sides of the footpath, containing nothing but geraniums. As Vernon saw this, he said, Ah, that explains everything. What? said Bridget quickly turning to him. I thought you smelt of geraniums, and I was right. Ah, said Bridget. Yes, people often say that about me. What, that you smell of geraniums? inquired Vernon. Yes, she said. It's one of the things that I am known for. Oh, and what are the other things that you are known for? Well, I've never eaten a uh, blueberry in my life, and I don't intend on starting now. Right, said Vernon. Anything else, or is it just the geraniums and blueberries? Oh, there is one more thing. Okay, said Vernon. What is it? Oh, right. Sorry. I don't like coffee. Hmm said Vernon. I can't imagine that that is too much of a rare occurrence for that to be something that you are known for. You're right, but with the whole blueberries thing and everything else, it's like a package deal. I am known for smelling of geraniums, never eating a blueberry, and disliking coffee. Right, said Vernon. I understand now. Thank you for clarifying. Not a problem. Shall we go in, because we have been stood here for a couple of minutes now? Oh, sure, said Vernon. She opened the front door to her home and stepped inside. Before crossing the threshold into her home, Vernon had a quick look around to make sure that there were no clues outside of her property. But there appeared to be nothing strange. 
Once inside, she gave him a brief tour of the downstairs of her home. She led him into the dining room that had a large table with a few place settings already set. An interesting candelabra and bright blue carpet. Next, she showed him into the library. The room only had one small window. As every other inch of wall space, excluding the door that they had walked through, was covered floor to ceiling in bookcases. There were a lot of books there. Wow, said Vernon. You do have a lot of books. Yes, she said. Unfortunately, this is also an incomplete collection. Oh? Has anything else gone missing? Like a book? No, no, nothing like that. It's just about ten years ago. I decided that I would like to try and collect every ISBN number. I thought it would be quite fun, but after a while, I realized that it would be quite impractical to own every single book that had been given an ISBN number. And I apologize. Oh, said Vernon, what for? I did that thing that I hate when people do. Because the N on ISBN means number. So I've essentially said number twice. Oh, right, said Vernon. Don't worry about it. Okay, said Bridget. I know some people can be quite judgmental of others who do things like that. Well, I'm not, said Vernon. So how many books have you got? Oh, I don't know she said, looking around from shelf to shelf. Several hundred at least. I had started trying to find a book with the ISBN of 00000000, 
and then working my way up from there. But I realised that it would be a bit quicker and more economical just to get as many books as I can and make some kind of spreadsheet that would let me know of all the ones that I still need to have. It's something that I wouldn't mind doing at some point, but I'm in no rush. Cool, said Vernon. She then led him to the kitchen. It was quite a small kitchen. And had all the usual things that a kitchen should have in it. After that, she led him to the second kitchen. Oh, said Vernon. How come you've got two kitchens? Bridget shrugged. I'm not sure. The house is deceptively deep. It really goes on for quite a while. The amount of floor space you get is fantastic, but unfortunately, as this house is in the middle of a terrace, many rooms have no natural light in them at all. I see, said Vernon. While we're here, would you like a cup of tea? Or some orange squash? Just some water, please, he said. And so she poured him a glass of water, made herself a glass of orange squash, and continued on the tour. She showed him the piano room, the games room, the pantry, the scullery, the conservatory, the ball room, and the room room which was a room that just had a small model of the downstairs of the house within it. it showed the layout. Ooh, I like this, said Vernon. Yes, it's good, isn't it, said Bridget. Some people get confused because the house can be mildly labyrinth like does the room room on the model have a model in itself ah said Bridget no I considered having one added but if you start doing things like that you don't know where it's going to end do you Very true, said Vernon. They returned to the hallway. Well, that's the downstairs of the house, she said. 
very nice, said Vernon. But I think seeing the room where the shower curtain has been taken from would be the next logical step. Of course, said Bridget. They walked down the long hallway until they reached a central area in the house. A large spiral staircase led up three stories with a large domed glass roof above them. Wow, said Vernon. I know, said Bridget, slightly embarrassed. I didn't realise all this was here when I purchased the house originally. I thought it was just a normal two-bedroom thing. It was only after opening a door that I had missed before purchasing it that I found all of this. Well, that is lucky, said Vernon. Yes, it really is, especially because originally... I didn't think that the house had a kitchen in it. Now you've got two, said Vernon. I know. Good, isn't it? And they both laughed. They walked up the staircase. And after... Roughly twelve or thirteen steps. Vernon had lost count as he had been distracted by a painting of an eagle. They reached the floor that had the bathroom on it. Is there anything interesting in any of these rooms? inquired Vernon. Not really, said Bridget. Most of them are just empty rooms. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Some have fireplaces. Some have clocks in them. You know, the usual kind of thing. Of course, said Vernon. She led him down one corridor, and then down another one, and then indicated a door. Well, she said, here is the bathroom. I won't go in myself because, well... If I'm honest, I'm a little bit upset. Did I mention that I was very fond of the shower curtain? Not a problem, said Vernon. Completely understandable. You wait there a minute. And I'll go in and have a look around. Thank you, said Bridget. 
she took a few steps away from the door and leaned against the wall. Vernon stepped up to the door, carefully opened it, and then stepped inside. Bridget turned and looked at the now open doorway. Vernon's silhouette being painted on the floor from the light of the room within. She watched the shadow move and get bigger as Vernon moved closer to the light source. And then, only a few seconds later, Vernon stepped out of the bathroom and looked at Bridget. Are you sure this is the bathroom that you're talking about? Of course, she said. Why? Well, I think you should see this. Okay, she said, confused and slightly worried. She stepped forward and made her way towards Vernon, who stepped out of the way himself and looked towards the open doorway. Bridget took a deep breath, not knowing what to expect, and then stepped in the room. And then instantly, she understood. Hanging above the bath, on a metallic pole, was her shower curtain. It's there, she said. Yes, said Vernon. I'm sure it wasn't. Vernon took a few steps towards the shower curtain. He looked at the fixtures and fittings. It was the kind of shower curtain and pole setup that, although very secure, wouldn't make changing the shower curtain that easy. As at least two different types of screwdriver be needed to detach the pole, allowing the eyelets of the shower curtain to be freed from its length. I don't think that anybody has taken the shower curtain off. There is a very fine layer of dust. Hmm said Bridget. 
Yes, indeed, said Vernon. Bridget sat on the edge of the bathtub. Her brow furrowed as she tried to make sense of the situation. Vernon stood there slightly awkwardly, not knowing what to do. But it wasn't too long until, with a sigh, Bridget closed her eyes and then said, I know what must have happened. Oh, said Vernon. Yes, you see, I know there's another bathroom somewhere in the house. I don't know where it is exactly, but sometimes I will find myself in there. In general, it seems to be mostly the same as this one, but there are a few subtle differences. The grouting used on the tiles is of a slightly different hue. Anything else? he said, after waiting a moment for her to think of any other ways that it would be different. I'm sure there are, she said, but I can't quite think. Well, apart from there being no shower curtain there. Ah, of course, said Vernon. Well, she said, mystery solved. Yes, said Vernon, it is a happy ending. I don't think I was of much assistance, so don't worry about paying me anything. Oh, don't worry, said Bridget. You came out, you're here, you're here now. And I'm very happy about my shower curtain being located. So I will pay you double. Wow, said Vernon. Are you sure? Of course. I have my shower curtain back. And they both laughed. That's the end of this episode's story. As always, I would like to thank you very much for listening. And join me again next time. Or listen to an old episode. Or maybe do both. But either way, sleep well. Good night. <laughs>